We're going to be in, in uh, Ephesians chapter 4. If you found it and you're able to, let's stand together. We'll read the Word of God in uh, Ephesians chapter number 4. And we're going to begin in verse number 17. Apostle Paul, writing to the saints at Ephesus, says this, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk, in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. That word lasciviousness deals with excessive desires yielding to the flesh and the lust of the flesh. Verse 20, he changes gears and says, But ye have not so learned Christ. If so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that ye put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. And I'm going to preach for a few moments this morning, God being our help, as we look at the subject matter of living a changed life. Living a changed life. I'm going to have a word of prayer, and we'll get right into the, the message this morning. Father, we sure do love you. Lord, I'm thankful for the difference that the Lord Jesus Christ will make in someone's life. And Lord, I pray as we look through these scriptures, Lord, I pray that you'll help us this morning. And Lord, realize and may the Holy Spirit help us to understand some things in our lives. Lord, to put off the old man, put on the new man. And Lord, that you'd help us to live, draw closer to Christ on a daily basis. Lord, I do ask once again that you'd be with Miss Darlene's sister. And as, as they're heading towards the hospital, that you would give comfort and grace there. Would we'll be with Panflo and Amy this morning as they're working through um, that flooding down there at their house in their basement. And uh, Lord, would you please take care of that for them? And uh, Lord, would you help us in the service now to be able to concentrate on Christ and the word that's laid before us now? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> I don't believe there's any greater testimony for this world that's around us to be able to see other than a changed life because of Christ. Now, over and over throughout the Scripture, we see the differences that are made when a person has given their heart and life over to the Lord. I do think about the difference like for the Apostle Paul. I think about the differences for the apostles as the Lord Jesus Christ would walk by and be able to say, follow me. And they left all and followed him and the difference that Christ makes. There could be testimonies that would be given right here this morning of differences of before Christ and after Christ, of the difference that Christ makes. In fact, several examples that are given throughout the Scriptures, we constantly see the differences that Christ gives us, and it's such a vast difference between light and darkness, 
is one of the examples that Christ gives. And also uh, between Christ and false gods. Paul used it over in 1 Corinthians about what fellowship hath light with darkness or Christ with Belial. Why is it that we would think that the two are connected there? Or even another place gives the example of sweet water and bitter water proceeding from the same fountain. The example being given that in the life of a Christian that there ought not to be righteousness and unrighteousness proceeding from the same life and especially from the same lips. All differences to physically being seen when someone is saved. Aren't you thankful? And I know several would agree and say amen this morning from the scriptures that when God saves someone on the inside, it makes a difference on the outside. We believe that, don't we? And uh, we heard testimony after testimony about that, and we could actually pause and probably take the, the rest of the, t- the time this morning for testimonies of how God has changed people from the inside out. Now, the difference being is there's many religions around our world that desire to change people from the outside in. And uh, I made mention to someone and they said, I've never forgotten that statement you made. I said, you know, sometimes we're the only ones that try to clean a fish before we catch it. And I said, that's not how God does things. Brother, Brother Prescott was telling us about going fishing this week and one day caught 13 bass. And I guarantee, now he throws a lot of them back. He keeps forgetting that I'll fillet that up and put it on my smoker. But uh, he won about three and a half pounds this week, wasn't it? And, uh, and so I said, I'd make a nice little fillet there on the smoker, but listen, I don't know others that have gone fishing and you know, this to be true. You don't start cleaning a fish before you catch it. I said, but once you do catch it, you're keeping it. Listen, you're cleaning that thing up and getting ready to cook it. I said so many times with the Lord, I'm so thankful that once we are in the hands of the Lord, never to perish for all of eternity, I'm glad that God begins to clean us up from the inside out and there's a desire that takes place. Now listen, we see this here in Ephesians chapter number four that the apostle Paul, as he's writing to the saints here, listen, the physical difference that is actually written about, starting here in verse number 17, talking about the unsaved Gentiles and how they live and how they walk and what their lifestyle is, he says, but that's not you as a Christian. That's not how we are supposed to be acting. He says that the believers ought to be walking and living differently. And he mentions and describes several things here that are the elements of a changed life in Christ. Now, I know several could go through and give that testimony of when it was that you trusted Christ. Now, listen, if you were not here for Thursday services, whether in the morning or in the evening, I would encourage you as a Christian to go back and to be able to watch that service and that Bible study about communicating a testimony. And uh, we looked at Paul's life and his testimony in Acts chapter 26 and 
and what some of the elements were there and characteristics of the Apostle Paul's testimony, and then to be able to take our testimony and put it down into writing and uh, be able to write out about before we were saved, what led up to us being saved and trusting Christ, that moment of conversion, and then what God is doing in our lives since we've been saved. It ought to be a before and at salvation and an after salvation to be able to explain it. And listen, a salvation testimony does not start with, I've always been a Christian. That's not a Bible salvation testimony. The Apostle Paul was able to give us an example of on, being on that road to Damascus and when he had that personal encounter with the Lord and saying, this is when I called upon the Lord. This is the difference that was made. Now, listen, he didn't give us an exact date. He didn't give us an exact time, but he did know this is when it was, not when, hey, um, this happened in my life, not when I saw this bright light, not when I was in this accident. It was, this is when I called upon the Lord for salvation. If you don't have that, then I want to encourage you, let's sit down and talk from the scriptures because what you may be dependent upon is just your experience or maybe your heritage or your good works of trying to be able to work your way through. We see some elements that are here, some characteristics of living a changed life. And some would say, well, what big of a difference is it going to make because I give my life over to the Lord? What difference does that make? I want you to see this here. And what's that mean to have a changed life? Does that mean if I get saved that I have to change jobs? means I have to move my residence and move my address. That's not the changed life that's being spoken of in the scripture. And so I want to look at a few things and you look at this in your heart and life and say, Lord, is that me? Do I have that changed life? And if I do, am I living this changed life by the grace of God and under the leadership of the Holy Spirit of God? First of all, I see a changed life as we begin here, verse number 20, a changed life is all about Christ. You say, why is that? A changed life is all about Christ. Because listen, there is no eternally, truly changed life outside of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so he's describing what's taking place here in verses 17, 18, 19, and, uh, 17, 18, and 19 about how the Gentiles are walking. And that's the unsaved, those that are not of the Jewish nation is what he's dealing with here. But those are without Christ. He says, but you've not so learned Christ. That's not what you've learned about Christ. And a changed life, as we look at it, we firmly believe this. Now, listen, I, I, I 100% believe that people can try to turn over a new leaf. Hey, listen, I believe people can stop some addictions without Christ in their life. Because there's people that have done that. They're like, you know, I just came to the point and uh, I didn't want to be smoking. I didn't want to be drinking. I didn't want to be doing drugs anymore. I didn't want to be looking at that filthy stuff. I, I, a lot have changed some things without Christ. But may I say this, that it won't be an eternal change of a life 
without Christ. You see, it's not just morally changing a person's life in order for them to be living and walking with Christ, but a changed life is all about Christ. Look what he says. First of all, you learned Christ. See the progression here. Verse number 20, you learned Christ. Second of all, if so be that ye have heard him. Third of all, if have been taught by him. You say, well, I don't have a changed life because I haven't been taught by him. Can I remind you that if you open up the word of God and start reading the scriptures, guess what? You've been taught by Christ because the Bible actually says that the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory is what John chapter one says. Listen, when we have the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit of God, Jesus said that the Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth. And can I remind us who the truth is? It's the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, he said at the end of verse number 21, as the truth is in Jesus. May I remind us that there's no changed life outside of Christ? Nothing eternal that's going to last. You say, well, I've done this and I've been doing good for the past 20 years. Listen, I appreciate every new leaf that gets turned over. I appreciate morals that have increased, but morality is not what's going to change a person's life for all of eternity and to be able to have that relationship with Christ. It is only found in Christ. You say, well, as soon as I started going to church... Boy, the difference was made in my life. Hey, I'm wonderful for a difference being made. I'm wonderful if you feel things are different because you walked into Granite State Baptist Church. I'm thankful for all of that. But if there's not been a personal encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ, listen, something is missing in a life. And living a changed life, it all begins and is about Christ. You say, Pastor, I've been here for several services, and it just seems like you keep bringing up everything about Jesus. Well, guess what? We will continue to bring up everything about Jesus because he's the one that makes the difference in someone's life. I took on, uh, on Monday, Bruce Fry's uh, plane was, his flight was canceled early Monday morning, so he stayed throughout the day and uh, caught a flight later that night at a box about 9 o'clock on, uh, on Monday night. And I said, well, I said, I'll come pick you up. And I said, I got a lunch meeting at 1130, and then I'm going to court. And uh, I said, I go sit in drug court. He gets in the car. First thing he says to me, what are you doing at court? And I so I explained it to him, and boy, I'm telling you, and, and Mike, you were there on uh, on Monday. You saw the reaction as we walked in. We grabbed a handful. I said, "Listen, bring a handful of your gospel tracks, not the Spanish ones either." Miss Benny's here, and I said, "Bring a handful of your gospel tracks." And so we walked in, and then men were sitting there waiting to be called into court for drug court. And we started walking around, and I said, "Here," I said, "This is a friend of mine, Bruce." I said, "Here's his story," and I said, "That's him and Hank Williams Jr. on the front of it." And then, boy, they started looking at it, and they got to reading on that. And I'm telling you, they were late walking into court because they had the ear of those men that were sitting out there. And then we stood in there and he watched every one of them get up there and uh, report to the judge. And we got done that. One of them had to stay a little bit longer and uh, had to go change his residency for one night. And, uh, and so they took care of that standing in the courtroom there. And we walked out of there and Bruce looked over at me and he said, I just feel for those men. 
And he, he looked at one of them and he said, Jesus changed my life 25 years ago. And he said, I put that stuff down. And he said, I haven't needed it since. He said, I haven't wanted it since. He said, why? He said, Jesus made a difference. And we were walking out of that courtroom and he looked over at me and he said, Pastor, he said, I'm just so burdened for those men. I said, they just need Jesus to make a difference, don't they? He said, that's exactly right. He said, they just need Jesus. And I said, well, that's what we're trying to do. Why? He understands that a changed life is all about Jesus. You can try to change something in the power of your flesh and say, listen, I can do this. We can't do it without Christ. A matter of turning it over to him and trusting the Lord and saying, Lord, my life is yours. The truth is in Jesus. A changed life is all about Christ. Listen, if you have truly learned Christ, then these things which we and these things which we've learned, listen, if we've learned these things, we haven't learned it outside of Christ. Well, you need to build up your self-esteem, and that's going to make you feel more confident about yourself, and you're not going to need these other things. No, I've just found out it's all about Christ, and when I realize Christ is in my life, boy, what a difference it's going to make. Understanding that a changed life is all about Christ. But then I want you to see this because the Bible says in verse number 22, we're just looking at these verses down through here, a changed life has things that have been put off. Now, I'm not talking about procrastination now. How many here, you're great at putting off things, okay? How many are going to raise your hand tomorrow for me, okay? You're just going to be going through the day and tomorrow you'll put your hand up and say, I was, I was going to do that yesterday, but I decided I'd wait. We're great at procrastination. That's not what Paul is speaking of here when he says in verse number 22 that she put off concerning the former conversation, the old man. Listen, he calls this person that we were before Christ, he calls him the old man. Now, that's not your, your husband, okay? He's not the old man. And let me say this, that's not God seated in heaven either. He's not the old man upstairs. He's not the big man upstairs. He's not the grandpa sitting up there in his rocking chair. That's not the God of heaven. That's a rabbit hole right there. I will come back. The old man is that which we were before Christ, before salvation. Listen, according to this verse, that old man is corrupt according to deceitful lust. That word lust is those things that the flesh desires. I've got to have these things to satisfy my flesh. The apostle Paul says, listen, put off concerning the former conversation, the old man. What is it? Let me ask you this. And you think, because it, it, it may be different for everybody that's sitting here. What is it that has been put off from the person you were before Christ? What is it that we can look at and we can identify in our lives and say, you know, before I was saved, this is actually, I had these things in my life. And then it seems like afterwards, well, I just don't have the desire for that anymore. Well, it just seems like that's, that's gone by the wayside. I can't say I, I consciously put that off. Well, I will say through the power of the Holy Spirit of God, it's amazing what can be put off in a person's life. A changed life, listen, you say, well, this is just so common. If it's changed, it's going to be different. That's the point. 
living a changed life. Listen, we ought not to be the same person and doing the same things. I know it's a junior church song and a Sunday school song, but listen, the things I used to do, I don't do them anymore. The places I used to go, I don't go there anymore. Why? There's been a great change since I've been born again. Hey, there ought to be some places that uh, maybe you went to before salvation that you've had to put off after salvation. There might be some conversation, maybe some words in the mouth. Listen, that's probably the number one thing that people say, you know something, boy, I'm still trying to get a hold of my mouth. I said, you know, when it's a habit for 50 years and you get saved, I said, there's some things that come out of that mouth you don't even think about. And I said, boy, isn't it glad, though, when the Holy Spirit of God says, oh, caught you. Let me work on that for the next time. You know what that is? You say, oh, I'm not, I'm not living the perfect life. No, but some things are changing. You say, but I still say some of the same words. Yeah, but you're catching yourself in the Holy Spirit saying, oh, you ought not to be doing that. We're starting to change that motive for it. Before it was, that didn't bother me a bit. But now it's like, man, I ought not to do that. Man, I ought not to talk like that. Hey, we're talking about a changed life. Some things that have been put off, the things of this world, the things that are fulfilling the lusts of our flesh. Paul said it like this back in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 3. He said this, Among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Hey, listen, every one of us had things in our lives before we were saved that God needed to change. And boy, aren't you thankful that he's long-suffering? Aren't you thankful that he's patient? And uh, listen, every one of us would have to put our hand up. I'd have to put both my hands up and say, are there still things that God's working on in your life that need to be taken care of? If we'll be honest today, every one of us would say, there's things that need to be put off. A changed life. It's about things that have been put off. And you say, how do we put those things off? Well, there's the third step down here in verse number 23. It says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. You see, it's amazing how our thought process begins to change once we're saved. A changed life is renewed by the spirit. You see, our thought process begins to change after we're saved. Because we're supposed to, according to Philippians chapter number 2, down around verse number 5, it says that we're supposed to let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. That means our thinking ought to change. Get to Philippians chapter number 4 and verse number 8. He gives us that list of things that we're supposed to be thinking about. That any subject matter is supposed to go through that, that eight-level filter system that the Holy Spirit of God's given to us about our thought process. And I've thought, listen, over and over, how many of you have had to change the way you think about some things after you got saved? You see, some simple things about, hey, church isn't that important. Boy, it's amazing once you get saved and God starts changing our thinking about some things. And saying, you know, there is some importance there. You know, spending some time in the, in the Word of God, that's not so important. In fact, I don't even need to pick my Bible up except from Sunday to Sunday. Listen, you may have seen announcements up here on the screen before we started church today. You won't see my Bible verses up there on the screen. You know why? 
because then you're not going to pick up your Bible and bring it to church. Oh, I'll just read it up there on the screen when he puts it up there. No, there's just something about making sure we're reading Scripture. You say, well, that's not that important. It's amazing once we get saved. All of a sudden, the Scriptures start having a more important part in our lives. And it's not just a matter of, well, I can walk out of church and I can throw it in the back seat and not have to worry about it again until next Sunday. No, it's amazing the Scriptures that make a difference. Listen, you say, why is that? Because there's a renewing of our mind on how we think about things. Some people commit some sin after they're saved. You say, I thought we were supposed to live perfect. Has anybody here lived perfect since the day you got saved? Not a one of us. But all of a sudden, our mind starts getting renewed by the Spirit. And now, all of a sudden, some of those same things that we were just as comfortable doing before, now the Holy Spirit of God says, "Mm mm-mm. And we start changing our thinking about it and start putting some things off. Listen, a changed life is renewed by the Spirit. That's why, listen, if it's not a changed life by Christ, all of a sudden someone else can come along and change our mind towards it. But when our mind is renewed by the Spirit, when our mind is renewed by the truths and the principles of the Word of God, listen, just because you come by, you're not changing my mind on it because it was put there by the Lord. And a changed life is renewed by the Holy Spirit. You say, well, I don't, I don't have that in my life. Well, maybe we need to be looking to see if you actually have a changed life, if it's all about Christ, if it's all about putting some things off, it's all about renewed by the Spirit. But then listen, he doesn't listen that. Some, some if you turn me off right now, you're going to be saying, oh, I knew he was just going to preach that Christianity. It's all about getting rid of all these things. And just like that, Christians can't have any fun. Let me say this. I'm not going to say a couple of these other guys had fun yesterday uh, when we were up there at the, the racetrack and, and working and laboring. I saw, I saw Brendan. I, I told your parents this this morning. I said, I think Brendan was more wore out and tired than I've seen him after, after hiking 12 miles. I said just the, the, the mental strain and the, the sensory overload from the race and, and the, the number of people and back and forth. and busy. I said it, it was wild. Ben was in there flipping burgers and hot dogs for about eight hours yesterday. Doesn't that make for a great day? But we got done. We're walking back to the van, and I told him, I said, guys, I'm not going to lie. I said, I had the time of my life today. I had to warm my hand up because I was there selling frozen lemonade for them. And so I was, just, I was just getting cold all the time. I said, pulling them lemonades out of the freezer. And they started laughing. I say this, we start thinking about some things. I have the time of my, I have the time of my life as a Christian. I enjoy life. Did you say, did you get to sit there? No, I wasn't going to sit in that hot sun and watch that race all day. That's crazy. <laughs> But I said, I had the time of my life. I said, people walking by, being able to talk to people, be able to give out some gospel tracts. I made sure I had about 75 gospel tracts in my pocket. I said, before I walked inside that racetrack, and I said, people I'd come in contact with, I'm handing out gospel tracts while we're standing there. Hey, it's not all about putting stuff off, but a changed life is about putting things on. You see what the Bible says down here in verse number 24. He starts in verse 22 and says, you put off, get to verse number 24, and that you put on the new man. How many would say there's something different about you since you've been saved in a good way? 
There's some that would say before they got saved, listen, they wouldn't set foot in a church on a Sunday morning. We talked about that on, on Thursday about writing out your testimony about, hey, before I was saved, man, we never set foot in church. I told a, uh, gave an example inside the, the prison on Thursday afternoon while I was preaching that same lesson. And I said, you know, I said, I walked into a jail down in, in Hamilton County, Chattanooga, Tennessee, Hamilton County, and there's a, a six-story jail downtown there, had over 600 inmates inside that county jail, just the county jail. That doesn't even come close. I'll say this, Harris County Jail down in Houston, over 10,000 in there, county jail. 600 inside that county jail at that point down in Chattanooga, Tennessee. We walked in on Saturday morning, and we'd been preaching there, holding services, visitation Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Walked in Saturday morning. Now, we're in the buckle of the Bible Belt. I mean, there's, there's Baptist churches on every corner, and every other type of church that you can think of, that's a buckle of the Bible Belt. And we walked into the basement of that jail on a Saturday morning. And listen, they were brought in from Friday night. They were coming down. They were sobering up. Everything in between, I mean, up, down, some sideways. I mean, everything going on down in the basement of that, that jail. And I sat down with a, a young man who was in his right mind. He'd either come down or sobered up, whatever it was, and he was sitting there waiting to get out. And I sat down on the bench, and I started sharing the Scriptures with him, just being able to witness to him. To be able to tell him about the love of God towards him and God paying his sacrifice through the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going through the scriptures, and he said this. He said, Preacher, he said, I appreciate you taking the time with me. And he said, I'm just going to say with all due respect, he said, I'm not just going to take your word for that. He said, that's the first time in my life, he said, I've ever seen a Bible opened. That's in Chattanooga, Tennessee. You think everybody down there is a Christian. At least they say they are. Well, everybody goes to church. Everybody knows about Jesus. Listen, it doesn't matter where you live. He said, that's the first time ever I've seen a Bible open. Listen, I loaded them up with a gospel track. I have no idea this side of eternity would ever happen to that young man in his 20s. But I thought, what a privilege. I said, God, let me be the first one to be able to open up a Bible and show that young man. Listen, that may be some testimonies that, listen, I haven't grown up in church. I haven't seen Bibles open, but God saved me. God changed my life. And listen, there's a difference being made. You wouldn't have thought. And I mentioned this last week privately before some joined the church. I said, who would have ever thought two years ago you'd be this far along? Who would have ever thought, listen, God saving your soul, saving your family, all baptized together, joining the church, serving, doing what God wants him to do. Listen, we can look back just a couple years saying, I, I never would imagine that, that I'd be faithful in church Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon. I'm serving. I'm, I'm doing what God wants me to do. You know why that is? Listen, there's some things not only have to put off, and some like to emphasize that. Now, listen. Get rid of these things in your life, and I'm going to give you a list. Get rid of this, get rid of this, get rid of this. But they never tell them to have joy in their heart. <laughs> they never tell them to actually be glad about what God's doing and the excitement of being able to serve God. Listen, there's some things to be able to put on now that we're a child of God. A changed life includes putting on. There may be some things, and I'm not talking about putting on a show. I'm talking about the Bible says that this new man in verse number 24, look what it says. It says, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Do you understand what the word created means? 
It means to, to make something from nothing. That's what he did. Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God created this new man. Listen, he doesn't just take the old and say, well, I can refashion that a little bit. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. You see, Christ gives us a new life. Christ makes us a new man, new woman. A new creature is what we are in Christ. We don't have to live that old life anymore. Christ makes it all new. And there's some things to put on. You say, what do we need to put on? Well, that's the work from now till eternity. Because every day, it's a matter of getting up. Just a couple weeks ago, we saw her over in 1 Peter where it says, and be clothed with humility. You know what clothing is? Something you put on. Say amen right there. Some don't know what that is. <laughs> clothing, something you put on, something that covers you. And he says, be clothed with humility. You know what that means? We got to put it on. Got to put it on. There's things all throughout the scripture. Listen, Holy Spirit of God, as we're, as we're faithful in reading the scriptures and studying the scriptures, listen, he's going to show us some things, say that's missing in your life. Why don't you put that on? That would look good on you. Holiness. Created in God, in righteousness, and true holiness. I wanted to preach about half the message when he put that adjective in there describing holiness because he said true holiness, not just hypocritical holiness. You see, it's not just an outward appearance and you can have everything right on the outside, but it's not true holiness. Let me ask you something today as, as you would look over your life. Let me ask you something. Are you living a changed life? Or maybe you would say, you know, I thought I prayed a prayer one day. Nothing changed in my life. Or maybe you truly are saved and maybe the Holy Spirit of God speaking to your heart and, and trying to change some things. But we just keep pushing back against it. We keep saying, no, I, I, don't, I don't think I'm going to do that. God, that's just, that's just taking that a little bit too far. Now, I don't want to get, I don't want to get crazy about this whole thing. I mean, I'm okay with a, with a, with a Sunday morning. I mean, 10 o'clock, I can, I can slip in, slip out. That's not much of a commitment in my life. I'm sitting thinking, what about the eternal difference that God's made? What are some things we've actually put on since we've been saved? I'm not asking everything you've gotten rid of. I can preach all day long on things to get rid of in your life. I can. Some people say they can do that at the drop of a hat, and some will buy the hat and drop it themselves just so they can preach on it. Here it is. Here's a list of things you need to get rid of. And listen, as much as we talk to people, you know what the biggest battle is for, for a pastor or a preacher? Is I, is I've said this. Listen, I don't ever want to be reactionary preaching. Someone comes up and tells me something. Man, I'm going to get up behind the pulpit. I'm going to preach against that. We can preach against that all the time, most of the time being the power of the flesh. But I've thought, you know, why don't we look in the Scriptures and see what we need to put on? 
and put on which is created in righteousness and true holiness on how we are supposed to be living. God desires for us to be able to live holy and to live righteous. And it's a constant thing. You say, when do we get that taken care of? When we see Jesus. It's a battle from now till we see Jesus of living right and living holy, but it's just the desire to be able to do so. I found out this. When my desire to live for God is at, the, is at its strongest. Can I say that the things of this world and the vices of this world, they just don't have the appeal that they once had. So it's not a matter of God, I don't want to do all these things. Listen, there's false religions that say don't do all those things. But I wonder what it would be if your desire or my desire was not just against all the things which it ought to be, but if it was more about Christ and say, Christ, I just want to put on some things and I want to live for you. It's amazing when my desire is strong that direction. These things just kind of weaken. These things just kind of start paling. The, the, the pull and the desire is not there as strong. Now, everybody's still flesh and we still have to guard against it. But I'm saying have the desire towards Christ. Are you living a changed life? Can you look at it and say, you know, here's what God's done in my life. Can we give testimony to that? Can we see God make a difference? Listen, but ye have not so learned Christ. You ever looked at your children and said, but that's not how you were taught? My parents looked at me. They, they've said that before. Brother Charlie, my parents have passed on now. They, they looked at me one day and said, that's not how you were taught. That's not how you were raised. You ever want to look at your kid and grab him by the cheeks? Just say, that's not how you were taught. I believe this. I believe if Paul was saying that to us today, I believe verse number 20, he's looking at us saying, you've not so learned Christ. That's, that's not how you've been taught. That's not what you're supposed to have learned. You're supposed to be putting off things, putting on things, renewed in your mind. It's not how you've been taught. It's not how you've been raised. And I thought, Lord, if you'd help us, I want to make sure I've learned Christ, been taught by him, I'm hearing him, renewed in the mind by the Holy Spirit of God, and putting on the new man which is created in righteousness and true holiness. What true life, what true change has God made in your life? If you're a child of God, boy, he's constantly doing that constantly working in our lives, constantly drawing closer. But you know something? It's not the lack on God's desire to make a difference in our lives. Most of the time it's us pushing back against God and saying, no, I, that's, that's just too far, God. That's just, I'm, not, I'm not going there. No, put on the new man.